here on Vistler's annual creators trip and it's early February 2020. I'm sitting across with Derek Disney having a conversation about color, creativity, perfection, hobbies, legacy, a mentality of repair. We know Derek's work and sometimes understanding what makes him tick and how he's wired with some early perspectives of how those things were formed makes sense on inspiring each one of us and what we're trying to do. There's talk about the Twinses in Mexico and his approach to testing new boards. It's a discussion about the voids within creativity and then the subtle refinements to whatever path he's committed to exploring and slowly moving forward, unlocking one piece at a time. There's a functional versus art for art's sake piece and that was so insightful and a lot about color too. I'll leave it at this and let Derek explain his conversation with me. Derek Disney. Too hot for the you play in the with background. Words, sure. you play how's it, how's it there? Love. You can wear those for a minute and you just hear your vibes. Uh, spell your name, introduce yourself if you want, just to have something to say while you're listening. <laughs> Pretty fun, huh? Uh, Derek Disney. <laughs> 27. Getting no younger. <laughs> you're 27? Mm-hmm. How old do you feel? 17, probably. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you're really healthy and fit. It's sometimes interesting when old people say that they feel older. And you're like, ooh, okay. And then there's old people that are just charging. They're like, oh, I feel 25. And you're like, rad. <laughs> I think I'm probably referring more to the mindset than... It's all in the mind. Than the, yeah, physical. <laughs> When we talk about mindset, one of the things I'm interested in, and it's a, it's a total hairball, but you know we on this trip doing creative things, building stuff, doing red things. But do you ever like kind of think about where the thoughts or inspirations or these creative energies and juices within you come from? I mean, it's a total fussy one, but it's interesting. Yeah, I guess it's. A cool thing to think about where they originate from. I think it's just by your surroundings, you know. I, I would imagine you get see something, get psyched on it, put your own spin on something, or yeah. When you th- when you think about um, what you made this weekend and your creative endeavors in general, what's the relationship with perfection that you have and it's probably a conversation you can maybe expand on that you have with yourself in your mind because we're all chasing perfection it's clear I mean your boards look perfect to you I'm sure you could pick out flaws but you know how how does that relationship work with trying to be crafty and trying to be perfect and yet where does it come in the way maybe um yeah I guess you're always trying to just refine and accomplish some end goal and so keeping 
things that could vary to a limited amount helps with that progression. But I wouldn't say that I'm super extremely particular or anything like, um, it's, yeah, it's fun to try and make pretty boards as if it's, you know, art as well. I think getting into building boards kind of fulfilled that like artistic, whatever creating void that I think probably everyone has an outlet for. Um, and you know, just is so great that you're able to ride them, but to craft them is almost just as fun sometimes, you know. Yeah, it like makes surfing twice as interesting. Like, yeah, at least. surfing's <laughs> fun, and then well, we get to build these things too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then bounce off of ideas like with people such like yourself or whoever with their preferences or concepts, and then they're kind of like little data points that just keep accumulating, and then you get to string them together the more you do it and progress into it. Well, I could tell you one thing that I learned from the comments we had talking about Twin Fins last night, and I will after maybe you could care to share one thing that you picked up chalking to, whether it was glassing with Alex or anything. like. Does anything come to mind from what you picked up this week? Um, Sorry to put you on the spot, but it's kind of fun to... Ton- there's just too many really to think okay. about, I guess. Or pinpoint down. Um, but basically, the overall, everyone's a wealth of knowledge, and especially in their their realm, and everyone's bringing something to the table. So, yeah, with with uh, Alex, you know, there, there'll be uh, things re- revolving glassing that just to make it that 100%, like the one last percent of the 100 to be perfect, you know, he's got that dialed and you kind of can learn by watching or he's also a creative person in his color work and stuff and did someone, um, a glass job where I've never even seen that technique, but also like down to his, his color palette is just perfect every time like when you're like i want uh you know peaches and plums or whatever yeah you know probably everyone has a different idea of what those exactly look like but then to everyone afterwards they're like it kind of looks like peaches and plums (laughs) (laughs) it's funny i was just having this conversation with jason and we were going through so many things and the way he approaches his work but um from what Superwolf was doing to what you were shaping to what somebody else was whittling away at, the process of them doing it was mm-hmm. sort of, I wouldn't say inspirational, more intriguing and um, therefore inspiring than actually what they were doing. Mm-hmm. It's like... Their process. Yeah, yeah. It's like watching Evan cook right now. Yeah. You learn more or. I don't know, it like settles one down within oneself just watching a master just, just ripping into what he's doing. It's, it's, it's amazing. For sure. And that's, I think, a testament to everyone's like true mastery of their craft and that it's like an art expression form for them. Like, uh, my grandma actually was a chemist and she like tutored me in chemistry <laughs> in high school. And she'd like talk about the molecular structure and talk about all the um 
whatever <laughs> the things on like the periodic table and she's like yeah this one doesn't like that one like they the had personalities them, yeah. like it's a whole world it was a whole world living to her you know where i'm like what is this you know on the piece of paper with but she had the full spectrum of knowledge of that so i think that's a similarity with these guys with their specific craft or whatever like kevin cooking and stuff he has such a big knowledge base that it's a whole world to him, you know, a living, breathing world. I hundred percent agree. I I sometimes wonder. I don't think it's going to get easier doing what we do, fifty years from now, but having that bank of knowledge and experience from which to draw from can just make the days a little more flowing. <laughs> Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You know, like you look at somebody, say like Skip Fryer, who's just, they're like, oh, he's so into like this little thing, this little thing. It's like, yeah, but after 70 years of like, there's a bank of knowledge from which you, you draw. For sure. Yeah. Do you find that your surfing is that way? Because the way you surf is so beautiful, but even over the last, call it six, seven years, I've seen that evolve. Mm-hmm. and we were talking about some technical arm placements even today together um, do you feel like it's a bank of knowledge that you're just continually expanding on or does it just develop more organically for you um, that's a good question I I guess you know with the um, the boards changing and different feelings being from a board being achieved then uh, it kind of translates to the way you surf that board you know for for instance like a single fin or something like that you gotta move in a way to get it moving versus you know like a high performance thruster or whatever and since exploring in a different route than the high performance sort of thruster thing um which I think helps with the waves that I surf often, you know. Uh, I've I've definitely felt like the the way in which I surf has has definitely changed, and now I it's it's crazy because like how we're talking about data points before is like okay, before right when I shaped my first fish, I was just so excited about the speed and didn't even care if I did a turn, you know. And then now I'm couple years down the road or whatever just feeling like how does it all come together how do you really want to attack a wave beyond um, being dictated by the board and then trying to make the board that can achieve that um, line or feeling on a wave that goes sorry to interrupt oh no it's all good uh yeah and that's what excites me i think about board building that's interesting you say that um because because of how long you've spent on very similar designs. I mean, I know you write all mm-hmm. kinds of things, but you seem very dedicated to, you know, you build the fish, you refine the fish, you tweak on the fish, and, and then it's like all speed. Now it's all turns with speed, and that's a growing relationship with both technique and style, but seeing you being disciplined enough to stay on one design for long enough is very um, admirable. Cool. Yeah. What are you writing right now? Because those twins are looking pretty spicy. <laughs> yeah, I've been... And longer than I was expecting to to see. Yeah, I've been really excited about the twins are set up. And it kind of... There was one moment um, 
down in Mexico where that like I was like wow that's exactly how I I wish a board would go you know my whole life and I didn't maybe know it earlier on or something but it was a twinser um it just felt like I could be wherever I wanted to be and be like flying basically and so I've tried to utilize that setup and change it into other feelings that maybe on um, like mid links or single fins or something that I feel like it might be lacking that um, like you can do whatever you want on the wave sort of feeling and just trying to figure it out put it like you know you got kind of different gradients of boards that can handle different waves and just refining all of them and the Twinser has just been a really fun new setup for me to kind of play around with but are you surfing let's say um what are the lengths of those twinses um they're like fish like ones or like five three to five four um for for myself and then uh but i've shaped quite a few a little bit bigger sure and then the um ones that kind of resemble like more of a mid-length or i'm kind of experimenting between like seven three and like 80 something like that so the question is when you surf do you surf the same way on the twin or the twinser or do you change your technique or does the board's characteristics then change for you are you doing the same thing on both boards <laughs> clearly not but uh, it, it's an interesting way to understand mm -hmm. the way you benefiting or embracing different boards at different times does it make sense yeah that makes sense um there i guess i'd have to sit like say that the twinser is closely related in the fish style ones to the keel but then so basically you're kind of like thinking about okay if this was a keel this is how i would ride it and then um from there you can step up to having the more agility and um the narrower tail and whatnot that is allowed with the Twinser in relation to the keel fin fish. And um, similarly, like a mid-length, if, if I was to ride the single fin sort of outline mid-length and then accommodate it or change it around to be more of a Twinser, it's still related to that and just has a different benefit, I guess. So I guess if I were to like ride a Twinser and try and think that it, I it could do what, uh, you know, Thruster shortboard could do, then I probably wouldn't have the greatest of a time. But having that experience from yeah. the keel and kind of, and then translating it to the Twinser, that kind of, uh, there's like that thought process, I guess. Yeah, no, that made sense. I mean, that's what I was thinking. Like, pretty much the same board twin pretty much the same board twins are you know mm -hmm. like the the bit the difference between them i often think it's interesting to watch people that get to ride a lot of new surfboards meaning brand new mm -hmm. um do you approach a session on a new board in a certain way and twofold question what would your advice be to someone who's trying something new to them or a brand new board that either you've built them or given them like are there words of advice Cause, I mean 
it's such a personal and, and, and somewhat intimidating relationship paddling out new boards for, for the first time, you know. It's going to happen mm-hmm. tomorrow. It's going <laughs> to yeah. happen 20 times over. We're paddling new boards out that we built here. And there's a, there's a heightened sense of uh, urgency. Mm-hmm. How do you think about that within your own mind? And then maybe what do you say to others? I don't know if you've ever thought to forecast how to advise somebody, but could we put you I in would, Yeah, I would just say not to give up on a whole new design or concept to you and write it in good waves. Because um, a lot of times, you know, board setups to some um, some people that haven't experienced them, they ha- already have this idea in their mind like, oh, it's actually for bad waves or so you can grovel or something like that. But um, I think some of those, those uh, like preconceived conceptions you know if you if you stick around and and try and actually feel the board for what it is and take it in good waves then maybe you'll um be excited about being open to the different feelings of that concept you know that i mean i think that is so important to be hey be willing to go out there and like really put this through the tape like before you write it off you know because mm-hmm. it's easy to stay on the same equipment like you're saying too like i i found that I really like this and then now I'm just taking little incremental steps from all of them, you know, to fill the quiver. But yeah. I consider yourself a very capable and um handy person. In other words, you can draw beautifully, you can craft beautifully, you surf beautifully. It's pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all true. I mean that that sequoia tree you drew on that board on the deck it was funny, I, I walked past a um, restaurant today and there was a poster for an upcoming event in July and it had this big sequoia. So it was a, a professional art rendering. The poster was advertising something in July. In other words, it's going to be sitting there for months. And I was like, hmm, Derek's tree looked better than that. You know? And you were drawing on foam with a, a dull pencil. But when you approach creativity, um, do you do you just feel like it's something that's coming out of you or is there an urgency to 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 get it out of you or is it just something that's fun to do i mean you seem so proficient in different crafts is it is it one you're favoring or are you building them all at the same time is maybe what i'm trying to ask um i think i just feel good doing things you know like that are maybe craftier you know i really like making things so i I don't know if it's if I'm necessarily trying to do anything, but um, more so just doing what I like to do, and then can't do without it. And then it kind of just yeah. Were you trained that way? I mean, growing up, were you encouraged to do that, or was just something you oh gravitated towards? Um, well, yeah, my my parents and stuff have always been supporting of that type of thing. You know, Um, my dad's an artist and. Um, they, uh, they both were excited if I wanted to go surf or if I wanted to draw or whatever. And I think maybe that, like I was saying before, there's a kind of like a creative void that you need to fill. And then you kind of get obsessed with one thing for a while and then fill that void with it. Or, uh, you know, then you maybe get bored of it and change it up and it's just, the act of doing is, I think, the the most gratifying thing. I think so too, and I feel like being creative and innovative is 
you know we we talk about and kind of embrace it's it's almost a higher level to just being busy and by that i mean fixing things building things messing around with things filling that void the way you said it i think is is well expressed you know like there's something within us that needs to be doing stuff like if it's just a coloring in book in the evening like great mm -hmm. but but you have to it, it seems that we have to just get the stuff out of us right yeah. or like for Evan or something or cr creating a you know new dish that it has this all these different ingredients and it's a lot like a surfboard really is putting all these ingredients into something or whatever but lately um I've also been doing sculptures and stuff and been really excited about that because um after building surfboards for a while and every time having this expectation of a function you know um it's been really fun to use the same reduction sort of um practice but for something that's completely unfunctional and you can just make it however you want and uh, look a certain way without having to you know, float at the end of the day or, like, be able to be shredded, <laughs> you know, in the ocean. No, I know exactly what you say, because sometimes the art of making a surfboard, the stakes are so high because it's got to be able to be at a certain volume and with a certain expression and release and control and drive and all mm -hmm. these things. But at the end of the day, there is an element of it that was creative and it's an art piece. So to do mm -hmm. art for art's sake, wow, it's really refreshing, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. for sure. And that's the greatest part about making yourself a board is, is, is that thing. It's not like a, you know, trying to make something to sell or whatever. It's just uh, something to enjoy for yourself, which, you know, I can get from a little block of wood too, you know, that you just sculpt into something. Is that what you're doing is whittling? Yeah, basically just whittling. <laughs> but uh, yeah, using curved blades and stuff to... They're like pretty large scale whittling, I would say. But yeah, what would have you been using? None, yeah, nonetheless, um, I've been using like an ads, uh, which is like a curved blade. Oh, the wood I meant. Oh, <laughs> um, just found wood like uh, knots that I've found up in the in the northwest and and kind of just like offcuts of the biggest kind of chunks I can carry and whatever managed to whittle <laughs> very cool well let's wrap it up here um a crazy question but i'd like your opinion on it are there colors you don't like mm. for like a surfboard or oh, just in general Derek doesn't like these colors huh that's interesting uh i don't think there's I don't think there's really any I don't like. I'm actually colorblind as well, which is kind of funny. But uh, do, wait, do you th know the condition? I mean, which colors it's are just, you and aren't you? Yeah, red, green, colorblind. Red, okay, yeah, yeah. So sometimes colors can bum me out because I'm like, oh, that's that's white. Like I actually lived in a light pink house for like a year, and I thought it was white the whole time. <laughs> and someone's like, oh, you live in that pink house? I was like what are you talking about <laughs> so that color can kind of bum me out but that might be it yeah well that's because they <laughs> taught it to you wow <laughs> that is so interesting it's actually i I did research this at one point because a guy walked into the shop and he was like yeah kind of a 
uh, purple like that. And he, yeah, I like that one. And I was like, and his friends and I looked at him and it was a green board. <laughs> but I, I yeah. think it's something like six or seven percent of men have a certain condition with which colors they're switching. And I think it was like three and a half percent in women, but mm-hmm. it's not uncommon. But that's really interesting to hear that from me. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's fun. My uh, girlfriend jokes around. I'm like, oh, the sunset's nice. And she's like, yeah, it's such a nice like green. <laughs> right there. I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> But when you open a box of, let's say you open a box of watercolors that has 12 paints in front of you, mm-hmm. are they f- a gradient of different colors or are there holes in between? Or do like four of them look like the same kind of? Well, what? it's it's interesting because, yeah, I learned the colors the same, you know, right? It's just like a filter that's a little bit different. So if, if there's the same value of like a brick red and like a army green, they can sometimes, I can kind of like be like, oh, that green over there is pretty cool, but it actually is the the red, you know? Uh, but So it's kind of when they're... It's actually funny. Know. You're the second, I, 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 when I was very young, maybe eight or nine, my parents knew a, a professional artist. That's all he did. He painted all day. And they took me to his studio one day. I'll never forget it. And his name was Peter Fincham. And Mr. Fincham showed me around and he let me hold the brushes. But um, we were driving away and my mom's like, it's crazy that he's colorblind. And I was like, what are you talking about? And they kind of explained it, but it's making sense now. But but he would set his palette up and like have certain colors on. So, but mm. he, I mean, he was incredible. He'd paint murals. And it, it was just always intriguing. So to hear you comment on that. Well, <laughs> so do you avoid those things or you just get comfortable with them? Um, yeah, I don't think I avoided it at all. But I'm it's considering like the color palette of the boards you make. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I mean, with I the boards... I would say they're muted like, and mature, which are... They're beautiful, by the way, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I, yeah, I kind of stay away from the real bright colors in the boards. Um, just, uh, I guess, because just when you're, like, looking down and, or if you're doing a turn and you just see this, like, bright thing flash past your vision i don't know it's not ideal for me but yeah i don't really steer away from anything on the boards besides like super interface ones but i like looking at other people that have them just for myself you know (laughs) well i think um i think we've learned a lot and thank you so much for sharing your inspiration and thought and behind the amazing work that you're doing um yeah looking forward to going and shredding tomorrow on the new slides yeah i can't wait yeah thanks